What's going on, coaches? Really excited. Coach Walls has got his new project, Play Action Shots, now up on RTP install. It'll be something that we've broken down into several different videos. This first video, this first episode is an hour long, and he goes through all different ways to take shots and puts them in groups. Uh, obviously, there's a lot out there on how to take play action shots. What I've really enjoyed learning from him is the way he puts those in categories, the way he puts those in buckets, how he protects those with the run action, right, in the in the play protection off of these shots uh, to, to match what you're running or even sometimes what you're not running. You know, I don't know one of Trimble's famous quotes is you don't have to run counter to run counter boot. So um, it, it's really, really great stuff. That's on RTP install, which is uh, a series that we have on – RTP Premium. Again, that's only 10 bucks a month. All the different videos that we put up are available to you if you're an RTP Premium member. Um, and you guys can get to see all of those six series, all the new episodes that we put up. Uh, obviously, also on our website, we've got our merchandise. We've got our podcast episodes you're listening to here. We've got uh, all different things over on our website. And that's all over at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know the best way to represent our big win is with the championship ring, and the team at Legend Rings wants to help you celebrate your regional and state championship title this season. Their goal is to make your championship ring purchase simple, easy, and affordable from design to delivery. Check them out at legendrings.com or email info at legendrings.com to get started. Let them know that Run the Power sent you, and they will make your ring for free. Again, go check them out at legendrings.com. This episode of the RTP podcast is brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game changer for us. If you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all. We obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formation, so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait, go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is teambuilder.com. On this episode of RTP brought to you by Legend Rings, we talk with Coach Vass. Coach Vass has returned to RTP to talk about his new projects, including the Run Vass Option podcast and his new YouTube channel. And of course, we talk a little about defense and football current events. You guys can follow the man, the myth, the legend, Coach Vass on Twitter at MDGA Podcast, at Run Vass Option, 
or obviously at Coach Vass. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, Vass, great to have you back, dude. Um, so we were talking off air a little bit. You talked about, you know, getting into, uh, you know, YouTube channel, I believe. So what are we, what, what's the YouTube channel about, dude? What's, um, you know, I, I know you've got a lot of other things, obviously, uh, Patreon and, and um, you've, you've blown up now that, now that you're, uh, um, you know, you've got the offensive podcast, you got the defensive podcast, um, now talking about YouTube stuff. How are you deciding what you're put on YouTube? How are you deciding what you put on Patreon? You know, what's a podcast? How are you going about, obviously, hitting it on all facets, which is, you know, genius, but how do you decide what you're putting where? So for me, I look at it as buckets or tranches of of content. So for me, the Patreon is, okay, we're going to have college film, clinics, talking to coaches directly. Like we have during the off season, we have a college coach every month that comes on January. We had Jim Leonard. February, we had Colin Hitchler, the safeties coach at Cincinnati. And then this month we're going to have, we're going to take it. Oh, old school. And we're going to have Pat Fox come on. We have high school coaches too. And Pat Fox can come on talking about basically how do you defend bigger personnel groups without unwinding your defense? Because a lot of what you go, if you go look for something, defending the wing T defending the double wing, a lot of the stuff written about it is, you know, with the split four or the five, two and, things that would have to change the structure of your defense. So I actually, I said, I'm going to produce a line of stuff for coach too, but basically like how to defend old timey offenses with newer defenses. So you're not having to completely teach the structure of a new defense for a week or two. Um, so that's kind of that that's Patreon. Um, I do college film breakdowns, uh, random random articles notes so one of the things that i wanted to do but haven't been able to because everything was closed is if i go to clinics or i go to a school visit and the coach is okay with it i can post my notes as long as some of the stuff's redacted um you know if they're if i'm having a one-on-one meeting with you know my buddy glenn schumann at georgia and it's just me and him talking yeah i can't put that stuff up but if it's I go to Georgia and I see Sean McVay speak at a clinic or Bill Belichick like I did a couple of years ago where it's kind of open. You know, not everybody can go to Athens. I mean, with the online stuff, it's different, but not everybody can go to Athens. Plus, even if they wanted to, they don't have enough space for every high school coach in America. So it's a way to share ideas, share notes, and then I have one-on-one consulting built in. So that's that. YouTube is going to be mostly professional football. And I've had requests i've got to know some journalists over the past couple years quite a bit and they hit me up and they're they'll ask me questions about coverages or fronts or why are they doing this or what is this and a couple of them over the years said you know i wish there was something that could explain this stuff to people and like with the podcast in the past i was really looking to advance the discourse of the game so my first for example my first youtube video was i did a uh a video on the Patriots 5-0 package in their 2018 playoff run. And I talked about, you know, how they lined up the different, I I focused on one call, the first video and the second video I'm working on is all the different auxiliary coverages they used. So that's going to be more pro football, free content. And it's going to be, I still want it to be stuff that coaches can get out of, but it will be for more of a beginner intermediate fan base. So 
I may discuss, you know, what is stubby? You hear this term stubby. Well, most of my Patreon people, they know what stubby is. In fact, they can probably tell you how TCU plays it differently than Alabama, than how Georgia plays it differently or whatever, but still have tidbits for coaches that have a lot of experience. Like, and that's the, that's the, the challenge of creating content for that is to have stuff that is more inclusive and includes uh, fans, more casual fans or more fans that aren't coaches, but also grab the attention of a coach that they can learn a thing or two. And with the first video, I mean, I had power five DCs, a uh, couple hit me. I'm like, yeah, that was a great job. And I'm sure they're not listening and will be like, Oh man, I didn't know about this three man twist out of a bear front. Like, of course, the stuff they've heard of, but the film, the diagrams are digestible enough for beginners. And then for even guys, it, it it's, looks good enough. We're past the muster of, you know, college DC. So that's kind of where I'm going with that. And then the coach tube stuff is, you know, I did a nine hour course on defending the wing T where I showed all my film, the call, I mean, everything. Um, so I'm just trying to put things in different buckets. And then obviously the podcast is the audio component. And, so, and sometimes with the Patreon, it's a visual component of the audio. You know, like uh, I had Don Brown on last year and I drew up like his top 10 blitzes versus the top six formations they see. So they have something to fall back on or, you know, I had Marcus Freeman from Notre Dame on last week, Well, we had Colin on. So he, you know, you listen to the pod, you, you can hear about the dollar package that, which is how they combat RPOs. But then you come on the Patreon and you can watch Colin showing his film, which I'm surprised. I won't be surprised if somebody comes after that, you know, even though it's the damn coach, the college coach showing his film, the best is one of those guys tried to get mad at me for drill tape that was actually given to me by a coach at a school. Anyway, I digress. I'll keep moving on. Answer the question at hand. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's so it's it's auxiliary components to the pod. And the offensive podcast basically was I have a lot of friends who are offensive coaches, like, when do you do this for offense? And I felt like it would be really disingenuous and kind of silly. A lot of people have asked, well, why don't you just leave it on the Make Defense Great Again channel? Like, why are you doing a whole different channel? You know, people are going to have to subscribe to another podcast. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have an offensive show on a, on a channel called Make Defense Great Again. That doesn't sound great, you know? But basically, a bunch of offensive coaches you know, on the Patreon and, and elsewhere. Like, I have a bunch of fans that are on the Patreon. It's not just coaches. And they're like, when are you going to do offense? When are you going to do offense? And I've started to get to know more offensive coaches over the year. Like I put together a thing for Glazier last year, right when the coronavirus started. So I built these relationships up enough to know these coaches and who's good and who would be great on the pod, which by the way, the invitation for you guys to come on is open. I know that you've came on the defensive show before, um, but you know, that's kind of the, that was kind of the thing was just, you know, I'm trying to find different ways to, to keep this going. I mean, I, I've decided to take this leap of faith. I want to serve as many people as possible. I want to be uh, a, a resource that I didn't have growing up and, and, and create an environment and a community that, you know, people can share ideas. So like one of the things we started doing with the Patreon is, and it's in its infant stages, so it hasn't really taken off yet, but we do bi-monthly patron roundtables. 
where we throw a topic out and then the patrons kind of show what they do and kind of share their ideas rather than just listening to me for the hundredth time. So that's really what we're just trying to do, man, is trying to provide different levels of content for different levels of fans. Like there's a bunch of my patrons that do not give a crap about NFL football. They're high school coach. They play high school style offenses. You know, watching somebody defend Drew Brees is not going to help them. You know what I mean? So it's just different buckets of of content with all under the umbrella of football. How awesome does it feel now, Vast, to kind of be, you know, settled in out on your own and and doing the the small business thing? I know the, the time we had you on the pod before, you know, you were kind of getting ready to take this leap of faith, man. How's it feeling now? It feels good. I pinch myself you know, so, so many times. I mean, for anybody that doesn't know my story, I was a high school coach living in California. My mom got sick. I made a list of things that I could do because I had a feeling I'd have to come home and take care of her. And I made a list of things that I could do just to survive, just to, just to get by. And I kind of had this running list. And then I figured, well, you know, after the semester or after the year's over, I'm going to need to move home because my mom, She's kind of estranged from her family. She didn't have any other kids. She wasn't married. So I was kind of all she had. And so I kind of made peace with the fact that I was going to leave coaching temporarily and try to think of some things I could do just to, just to make ends meet. And then she ended up passing away much quicker than anybody expected. And, you know, she had the house where I grew up in. I mean, literally sitting in here doing the interview. So, uh, sidebar. So I, I have a wonderful girlfriend I met when I came home last year and she's like, you know what? You should set your office up in your living room, in the living room, because she knows I work from home. So I'm literally sitting right now talking to you where the exact place that our couch was growing up and behind me was the TV. So I'm literally sitting in the spot where I watched TV growing up for, you know, till I moved away to go to Miami in 19. You know, and so it, I, I had to make a decision. Like, do I go home and save the house? Because I couldn't afford to, to carry two places. And so I quit my job in the middle of the year, and I moved out here with no safety net and back home, and I was scared, um, terrified. And there's still some days where I'm, you know, because nothing's ever guaranteed, and I'm doing well, but it's terrifying and exhilarating at the same time. I mean, there's some days where I'll wake up, and there was one day last week where all I did was watch Vic, all I did was watch Vic Fangio film all day. That's what I did. I think I woke up at like twelve, <laughs> went to bed at five a.m. I mean, like, you know, and and I was lucky in this. I mean, the whole situation coming from tragedy. You know, I have I have people like, man, I wish I could have done that, but I, I guess I mean, I did it because I didn't have a wife, I didn't have any kids, like. How could I have had a family to be like, all right, well, my mom just died and it's the middle of the school year, but I'm going to quit my job with zero guaranteed income and move back across the country and start a business from nothing. All right, let's go, kids. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'd still be in California, you know? So, I mean, it's it's exhilarating. It's scary. It's, it's awesome. Um, I just, honestly, guys, and this is no BS, I get messages that that I've helped people and it brings me more joy than I did even coaching my own team. I got a message. I did the wing T course and uh, somebody purchased it. 
you know, cause you, you know what it is, you, you know what it's like, you guys create content, you kind of put it out there. And I always use this analogy, you know, I listen to Conan O'Brien's podcast every week, right? But I never send Conan O'Brien a message after everyone like, damn, dude, that was awesome. You know, like I'm a huge fan, but like, he doesn't know that. <laughs> and so you put these things out to the world and you don't know how it's received. I mean, people interact with it, but you know, you look at the numbers and you look at the responses and it's very few percentage, which I would expect that to be for any podcast. But so when you get these messages, you really kind of hang on to them. My, uh, so anyway, this, this gentleman's coach bought this course and he said, I just wanted to thank you. And I'm like, Oh, you know, no problem. I, I'm glad it helped again. You know, he said, we just played a team that running clocked us last year and we shut them out. And I was just like, whoa. And he's like, we, it, we used your plan to a T and it was perfect. And that brought me more joy or as much joy than winning my own football. And I'm not just, hand, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a salesman. I'm not trying to be like, buy my wing T course. She'll go, you know, I'm sure there's people that have bought it that have asked for refunds from coach too, because I think it sucks and they got running clocked, but th that's the joy that I found. And I realized as I was coming to terms with, I was going to have to take a temporary break from coaching at the end of my time when my mom was sick and I was, I mean, we won a playoff game and we, we beat this team. We knew we were going to win. It was like, I'm just glad nobody got hurt. One of those games, like the time to move on the next round, you don't really feel much joy, more relief. And I walked off the field and I had a DM uh, on Twitter that said, coach, I just want to thank you. All the things you've talked about this year, we implemented and we just won the first playoff game in school history. And the school's been around for 30 years. And you're a huge part of that. Now, is that true? I don't know. I mean, I, I assume the guy went out of his way to tell me that. And again, it's not to, and not to tell people how great I am. Cause again, nobody's going <laughs> to, nobody's going to write you and be like, Hey, I listened to that podcast and I put that blitz you told me to put in and it sucked. Uh, you should get out of football forever, signed everybody. But I got more joy reading that message and felt like I was having an impact more from reading that message than I did on the game. I was literally still standing on the field. And that's when it kind of was all happening at once. I was just like, you know, maybe this is the route I go down, even if it's just for a year or two. But I don't know, man. I, I love helping coaches. I, I always say, like, I love working with kids. I love those relationships, but coaches never graduate. You know, you build you build relationships with fellow coaches, especially with Twitter and the internet and all the technology there. You build relationships um that are that are almost deeper and longer lasting. And I really enjoy that. I really, really do. So I hope I'm having a positive impact. I hope I'm moving the help move the discourse of the game. And if I'm not, at least I'm having fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. You're getting to you're getting to, you know, watch football all day. I mean, that's about as as good as it gets. Uh so obviously, like you said, you I would assume you miss a little bit of the being around the kids, being around the other coaches, you know what I'm saying, you know, up at the office and then taking what you've learned and trying some of that out in the spring. I would assume some of your one-on-one -on -one consulting takes place of that a little bit for you. Uh, is that the case with some of the, I mean, I would assume you're almost like a virtual coach for several teams. Is that the case? And, and how do you, some of this new stuff you learn or some of the new tweaks that you see, 
again, some of the fun part is, hey, I'm going to have my team do it this spring and see how it looks. How do you work that in, you know, maybe through other teams or, or how do you work some of that stuff that you, that you learn that's new? My role, I describe it to people as like I'm a grandparent. So when you got kids, you're there for the good times and the bad times, and you got to deal with the blown out diapers, the highs, the lows, you know, the first, uh, you know, graduation to, you know, the first time, you know, a kid gets a detention or whatever highs and lows you want to talk through. But what I get to be is I get to be the grandparent. So I get to come up with all the fun ideas. Uh, I don't have to worry about where Billy's mouthpiece is. I don't ever have to deal with parents again. And parents are terrorists and you can't negotiate with terrorists. That's my my thought on that. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Sort of. Uh, but in all seriousness, I mean, that's where I get to have the fun, but I don't have to worry about it backfiring. And I know that sounds kind of uh, flippant, but it's and I'm I've, half of it's tongue in cheek. But I get to do the fun parts of coaching that I loved. In the creative parts. And I don't have to worry about the BS. And do I miss Friday nights? Do I miss calling a game? Yeah. I mean, I did. I did uh, Matt Arafat's Chalk Wars. And I took it seriously. Like, I was going to go call a game. And I was really into it. And, like, I, I do miss that side. But I just felt like. I don't know. This may sound hokey. But this was, like, some sort of calling. Right? You know, I could have more of an impact because I could coach one team and I don't want to overstate my impact. That's not again. I, I, I don't know. Maybe people think I'm full of crap and listen, ironically, but you know, I could affect 60 kids on one team, you know, or I put out a podcast and 5,000 coaches listen and 10,000 coaches listen, and then they take something out of it. And then I've impacted on a much smaller scale, but I've impacted you know, that team, those amount of coaches times how many kids are playing defense from or whatever, you know what I mean? And so I've also enjoyed part of, and, and yeah, there's no substitute for the relationships you build with the players and things. But again, I think the relationships building with the coaches, like I've, I've helped just being straight up. I've helped put money in coaches pockets. I've been, um, a big spokesman for coach tube. I've recruited a bunch of coaches to do that stuff. I've gotten coaches hooked up with companies to do clinics that have paid them. One of the things that I love about Patreon is, you know, it's no secret. It's a paid service. So when the coaches come in, I pay them. Now, some of the college guys refuse to take the money. But, you know, I the fact that I get to bring somebody on and, and have them talk for two hours and give them 500 bucks, you know, or 250 bucks or whatever, whatever it is, you know you don't get paid through that through major clinics. Usually. I mean, I, I spoke at a clinic for three hours and made $150 and I had to fly across the country. You know, I, a coach comes on, I give them two, $250, $500, whatever, you know, like, and they don't have to leave their living room, you know? So it's part of giving back, uh, not only just in terms of content, but you know, I, I booked a bunch of speakers for blitz 21 for huddle, you know, and, put some help, put some money in people's pockets. You know what I mean? So you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, you know, so, and I, I, I like that part of it. And yes, I miss working with the kids, but you know, you and I have had a relationship or I say you and I as run the power as a collective, but you know, Brady and, and Rowdy, I kind of got to know you at the same time about two years ago. 
that's the normal time that you get to know one of your kids, you know, and then they go off. But with you guys, this is a friendship that'll last until whatever, you know, until the end of time, until the, the both of us are like, all right, we're done with this whole football thing. And I, and I go pursue my real passion, which is European soccer, but don't tell anybody that you can cut that part out of the podcast, but you know what I mean? I mean, that's, that, that's where that kind of replaced. And don't, don't get me wrong. I think to be 100% honest this year, I didn't experience the, the lows of missing it as much because of COVID because not everybody like California just started playing now and it's a weird time in the year. So like, my internal clock is I'm like, oh my God, it's time to it's time for fall camp. Like this year when it was around that time when it hit August 1st, most places weren't even practicing. So that I couldn't have practiced even if I wanted to. So that kind of was, I think, softened the blow a little bit. But I keep my hand in the creative process. I help out some schools and I, I get to do I I thrive. Some coaches love teaching technique, some like coming up with scheme. I'm a creative person by nature. I like to create things, I like to build things, and I like to move on. Doing the same thing over and over for me. And I know I'm, I'm a unique personality in the world of coaching. I mean, when most guys were playing football in college, I was making a record. So I understand <laughs> I have a different background and different pursuits. And, you know, so I like, like I'm making music again. I haven't made music since I was in college. And most of that was because I didn't have time because of coaching. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, there's other things in my life and other types of relationships that fill that void, if that makes sense. No, of course. And I, I, you know, I think you've done a a lot of great things, like you said, for the companies that, that support you and you support, um, you know, for a while huddle was in some hot water with a bunch of coaches and (laughs) and you don't, you don't hear that anymore. You know what I mean? You really don't. I mean, you might hear it every once in a while, but there for a while, uh, you know, before you were hooked up with them, um, there was a lot of negative things said about them uh, that you don't, it's really not out there anymore. Well, and funny you mentioned that. Well, first thing I want to, I want to, I didn't address one of the parts of your questions that I want to make sure that the listeners hear before I answer this one or talk about this. I mentioned about, you said about putting calls together and I said about being the grandparent and, um, you know, if it doesn't work, oh, well. And I said, you know, I was being flippant. I want to be very clear. I I take what I do very seriously. I don't just give stuff to people just to try out. I I put probably more thought into it than I would if it was my own stuff. Because if I, I'm one of those people that like, if I let myself down, whatever. But if I, I don't like letting other people down. I just want to be very clear because I was thinking about that when you're asking the question. I'm like, damn, I just sounded like I was like, well, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like, I take that very seriously. But anyway, I mean, I was joking about this because during the pre-interview, we were talking about Catapult and how I have the guns trained on them right now. But that was me with Huddle. I mean, I was the chief. In fact, what happened was one of the days Glacier was doing something with Huddle. This is how I understood the story. And Glacier's like, hey, guys, did you see what's going online? And one of the Huddle people were like, oh, you know, whatever. It's not a... Yeah, I heard there's some grumblings and the CEO of Glacier was like, no, like this is serious and sent them three tweets. And one of them was James Lights. One of them was my friend Jeff Steinberg. And then the other one was yours truly. And they read them and like, "Uh, we got to go. And they had like an emergency all hands meeting. And my problem with Huddle was not, you know, they always say the cover ups worse than the crime. 
My problem with Huddle at the time was not that they raised the prices. That bothered me, but it's the response to it. The, oh, storage is at an all-time high. Like, you're talking to a guy that worked at a, did tech at a startup in the Silicon Valley, and you're going to talk to me about storage prices? Really? Like, really? We really want to do that? And so that's what pissed me off was the response. And I made it very well known. And so basically a buddy of mine was going to, um, a dear Ravapati from uh, Menlo Atherton was talking to them. And uh, Austin Cassidy, who worked for Huddle, who played in Nebraska. In fact, you know, those Bo Polini install tapes floating around. There's a bunch of those clips of him on there uh, playing. He was a G8 in Nebraska, so he gets it. And he said, we want to talk to Vass. And I'm like, I'm like, what? So they can like put a poison dart in my neck. Like, I don't need that. But I talked to them and they basically were super cool and said, Hey, listen, you know, what, what do you, why are you mad? And let me vent. And, um, you know, I gave them a P and it goes back to the whole catapult thing. Like, I just feel like the end of the day, the people that keep getting screwed are the high school coaches. And I hate to be a complainer guy. I especially, I know, you know, football Twitter's littered with all this doesn't matter, get better and all that. But like, no, I'm sorry. That's bullshit. Like, I'm tired of being, like, I feel like we're always getting the short end of the stick. And the, the, I didn't like the response. And so I was very, I said, you know, do I have permission to speak freely? And we talked for about two hours and it was a really good conversation. He took everything I said in the heart and I actually started helping another company that wanted to be a competitor huddle. Like I put together a blueprint for them, recruited some coaches um, and, you know, help them with their vision and whatnot. And, but huddle listened and I realized that they really did care. And they said to me, you know, we are going to make an effort. We, they basically had acknowledged that they'd kind of, how do I say this <laughs> now that I'm an employee? I'm not an employee, but I have a deal with them. But basically that they had taken, they hadn't really, um, they hadn't really improved the service for coaches. And they knew that they basically, they knew they had the high school football thing in the bag. And so they went trying to conquer all the other pieces and kind of not ignored us, but weren't really sticking their neck out. And they told me they were going to do better and they put out a bunch of stuff and like they, they've been right. I mean, they did the outdoor camera, which is phenomenal. If you've seen that, um, they've done the huddle beta tool, which I've talked about ad nauseum with them and had panels and things and, they really listened and they're really trying to improve their product. And, you know, I take who I work with very seriously. And I don't know if that's growing up and being like the punk rock grunge drummer, like <laughs> in me from growing up, but like, I take it very seriously. And I had a lot of conversations with them and I jokingly said, you should sponsor the podcast. Ha ha ha. Like after, you know, MFing them for months and Austin jokingly, I said to me, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Hit me back. So I kept hitting them back. And then when I moved back into town, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this Patreon. I'm going to take, I need a huddle account. Like let's talk. And so we, uh, you know, I did a deal. I do content for them and, um, they've been really great. Like they are fantastic. And, 
They've treated me really well. They did the whole Blitz 21 Summit with all the coaches. They, I mean, John Gruden, Harbaugh. I mean, they went above and beyond, above and beyond. And I got to see a little bit behind the scenes. And, you know, it's not, and I know people might be listening to this and be like, oh, yeah, this guy sounds like a real corporate shill. Uh, but, you know, I got to see behind the scenes. I got to see, like, especially Brendan Hall over at Huddle. I don't know if you've had a much uh interaction with him but he is really 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 in the corner of the high school coaches he hits me up all the time like how can we make it better how can we serve coaches like even if it's just thursday night hangouts or friday afternoon hangouts or we just talk football you know and and they've been just they've just been listening and they've been you know redoubling their efforts for coaches and I really feel like they do care and I really feel like they are trying to make the product better and just trying to make coaches better in general. So um I'm 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 very lucky to work with them and the capacity that I do and I I hope that you know using my skill set and what I do with their megaphone you know we can have some great content and that's really was my goal. Yeah, the, the beta has been awesome. So I started, you know, using that last year. And then um, Huddle Assist, we started using that last year at, at Broken Arrow. And and mm-hmm. that was another one that on Twitter you heard a bunch of coaches complain about because they got two, you know, two plays wrong out of 250. But me and Walls have always said that saves us so much time. And, and it's really, really easy to fix. And then most of the time, if they're if it is wrong, they're all wrong the same way. So who cares what the name is? You know, if they called some crazy formation, something, you know, they called it red and we thought it should have been, you know, pin. Well, it doesn't matter. At least they're all red. Okay. Now we we sort by red that week. So uh, it's been a huge, massive time saver uh, for us. Uh, Huddle assist has been, um, you know, to, to help break down all of our stuff. Right. Right. And like one of the things that I found with huddle assist, like one of the problem areas they have is tight end location. So if you're playing a team that moves their Y a lot and they put the Y off, but he's in the tight end position, he's just flexed off versus stacked behind the tackle versus in between the guard and the tackle. Well, you know, people complained about that. And I remember belly aching about it at one point. And then I went, wait a minute, I can barely get it right half the time. You know, and I know what I'm looking for. So what the hell are these guys going to do? But like you said, and and I've told our coaches, you know, when I start teaching them how to attack stuff, I've always said, you know, I don't care if you call apple or cherry or some weird, you know, made up name or science fiction term or whatever. As long as you call it the same thing every time I can go in and control V everything, control C, control V and paste right over it. So, I mean, that's not. But but the thing with them is they like Nate Patterson, who's really one of the development guys. You know, they were developing the beta tool and they talked to a couple coaches and they they obviously, you know, we talked about it. You know, it's what I do for them. And I said, you got and again, it's not just me, but other coaches had said, you need to do this. You need to do that, like out of the box. And they had to build it in stages. And I know it was tough because they released the final final product or like the, I mean, obviously they're going to make updates to it, but kind of like the, the, the main portion, the not, cause it's called huddle beta, but it was, what was confusing is it was in beta. So it was the huddle analysis tool that was in beta, meaning 
it's in development, but now it's just called beta, but it's the full version, if that makes sense. I'm sorry, I think I just confused myself. But, uh, you know, so they didn't have, they had to build it in stages and they were trying to get it right. And, you know, they, they said, we can't rush this or else it's going to be, so what, we have something done for the season that's just terrible. But the reason it was delayed a little bit is because they listened to coaches and they actually implemented the changes. Like they didn't have custom columns at first. You can only bring in the hub. Now they have everything, custom columns. And they really listened to the feedback and in real time was, were implementing it. Like I remember I had a call. I had a call with Nate at one point and then like three weeks later, he goes, Hey, Vash, check this out. We fix this. And was like really excited to, he was like really excited to show me that. And I was like, wow, like you guys listened, you know, and that's how huddle was before. I remember I called them in 2012, their copy paste function didn't work on Macs, And I called them and like, we'll follow up with you. They called me three times to let me know they were working on it. It was almost done. And then it was fixed. Like that's how huddle was before. And I think that's how they're getting back to. And I think it's showing, I think, like you said, there's a lot of coaches you're not hearing. And again, I know, you know, we have, you know, Americans or today and not even Americans, but just everybody in the world with technology, they don't even say it's a 24 hour news cycle anymore. It's like a six hour news cycle. We have the memory of a goldfish, but you don't see that complaining anymore. And I think it's because people understand that nobody's perfect, but as long as they're striving to make the product better, I mean, what, what else can you ask for? If they're really trying to make something better and really listening, all you can ask for is, and you know, the thing with Huddle is, and I'm not trying to turn this into a Huddle commercial, but the thing that frustrated me at first was, you know, I'm like, well, I just want to do this. And they had to kindly explain to me like, well, if we change this for you, it changes for everybody. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Because like, I know I use huddle differently than some people. And so I had to you know, kind of keep that in mind too. You know, it's not just me that this is going to affect. So I don't know. I think they're great. I love working with them. Uh, I felt like, like with the assist too, half of the problem is like, you're the one that puts the formation in, you know, like, and there's right. going to be some crazy formations that we see in high school guys line up wrong. I mean, things like that, like, to me, that was a lot of the, the most basic stuff that people were complaining about. And I'm like, dude, it's it's really not that big of a deal. Go ahead and, and check and make sure your, your formations are put in correctly. And, you know, and half the time he's, oh, yeah, I guess I hadn't put that one in, you know, so. Well, and also, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, also, within formations is setting the strength. You have to set the strength relative to the backside or whatever. And there's some stuff like, for example, two by two. You know, um, but again, it's idiosyncratic. So when I do two by two, if the ball's in the middle of the field and the back is to the defensive left, it's like, I would call it gun strong because he's to where the passing strength would be. Like every defense, you set your front to the field or you set your cover, the, the, the receiver strength. If it's balanced, you set it to the field. If it's in the middle of the field, you set it to the left, right? Like everybody does that. So if the back is to our left, I would say gun strong, double twins. If the back was weak, I would say if he was to the right, I'd say gun weak, double twins. But some schools, if they're in the middle of the field, they'll declare the strength off the back. So if they're basically, if it's in the middle of the field, it's always gun strong, double twins. Well, how do you quantify that in huddle? You know what I mean? You can't. And so I think that you have to, you have to know the formations and you'll figure them out after a while. And but you're trying to get somebody on a mass scale to make something customi as customizable as you can be. And as we've said a thousand times, there's no universal language in football. 
You know what I mean? So how do you, and I think, and I think they're working through the kinks and they're, you know, it's just like anything. I mean, you take it, it, very ambitious, if nothing else. <laughs> hey, let's customize every school's formations and be able, I mean, that's pretty, it's a pretty uh, large undertaking. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Vass, with, with breakdown stuff. Do you have any, I finally, I was around a DC this year at our school and, and he did some, some breakdowns that to me were kind of what I called weird, like things I hadn't heard of, you know, everyone does formation and strength and, and, you know, offensive play and all that. He would like enter the launch point of the quarterback. He would enter, um, I don't know if he entered it in huddle, but he would get on and in time, how long it took the quarterback to throw the ball and kind of find an average of how long did it take to release the ball for the quarterback? Do you have any weird things that you break down? Weird, you know, for lack of a better word, weird things, things that, uh, you know, aren't thought of as just the everyone does this that you like to break down and look at when you're looking at an offense? Not in that vein where it's like something completely different, but I, I put a spin on two categories that everybody does that may help them. So the reason that I don't do what, yeah, the guy that you worked for worked with did is just time. Like I don't have time to, you know, clock a quarterback and the value that I'm sure it's valuable. I mean, obviously that coach believed that it was, and to them it could be valuable. And I could see the merit of it because if they're getting the ball out fast, you don't max blitz. He's not going to help. But I think I can determine that by looking rather than having the timing but one thing that I do track that is a little different, and I've talked about this, I made some stuff on breaking down film with huddle. And so if you're interested in this, if you just type in like the whole thing, it's like two hours. It's like how coach fast breaks down film. I did like literally went through the entire process. So if any of this tickles your fancy, you can check that out. Um, one thing I do two things. I take something called alt personnel, ALT for alternative. And I do something called form shell. And what all personnel is, it is what would the personnel be if everybody that lined up where they were, were playing their natural position. For example, if you're an 11 personnel team that gets into four wide formations, obviously the personnel would be 11 personnel, but the alt personnel would be 10. Okay. Then I take formation shell and I take, for example, if I'm breaking down a 12 personnel team and it's ace, double tight, one receiver to each side. Now, I would call that ace. But some people, if one of the tight ends was off and one of the receivers was on, they may call that deuce or ace off or whatever. And what ends up happening is when you do top 10 formations or whatever, you want to tag you want to tag the specific data points that are different because you want to understand, okay, why is that tight end off? You know, why is that receiver on? Why is two on and one off? But you also want to be able to expand and contract the data. And what that enables me to do is when I'm making a hit chart, when I'm trying to figure out, because for hit charts, there's two purposes. One is for tendencies and two is for game planning. So if I want to make a hit chart, I want to be able to group everything together. Like I don't do top, top 10 formations is something you tell your kids or it's something you worry about on day one when you just want to cover their top stuff. But when you're game planning, you want to know personnel groups and you want to know 
you know, what I got to line up to. Well, for me, if two was on or if we're, let's go back to ACE. So ACE, both tight ends are off or both tight ends are on. Both receivers are off two by two. I'm not going to line up differently. If you take one of those tight ends and flex them off the ball. And it also dilutes your data. And so it helps me, you know, when we, when we game plan, I'm able to take, okay, you see a team that runs 11 personnel and they get into 20 looking formations. They get into 11 looking formations. They get into 10 looking formations. They get into empty. I can group it all together and then game plan by, you know, split field concepts, you know, okay. I'm going to guess that somebody's passing, say you're an 11 team, right? I'm going to guess that somebody's passing concepts, if they're in two by two, four open receiver look with 11 personnel, the passing concepts to the field are going to be the same. If that tight end lines up into the boundary gets on the ball, the run game may be different, but the passing pass game is going to be similar. It's just like empty. When you line up an empty, like one thing, and this is specific to 10 personnel, air raid teams that line up an empty, see where the back is. If he's to the trips, it's going to be their two by two concepts with him be running the stuff that the back would run. If he's to the weak side, if he's like too weak and then the trips are actual receivers, it's their trips concepts. And so you can manipulate the things and move it around and to see how you're going to game plan. And those are two things that I swear by. Like, for example, you know, and I also do this for off concept. I call offensive concept. The column is OFF concept. And I use this analogy all the time. So if listeners, if you've heard this before, I'm sorry, but it, it illustrates it. We used to play a double wing team and they ran superpower, right? Well, they had three different pulling combinations, right? They would pull the guard and tackle, the tackle and the tight end, and then the guard and the tight end. And then front side, they had six different ways to block it. They'd block down on the six, block out with the wing, lead up with the fullback. They'd block down with the wing, kick out the full, uh, kick out the nine technique with the fullback. They would run tunnel. They'd run it one gap shorter. And so when you're breaking that team down, you want to, you want to put the specific, the pullers and you want to see how they're blocking it. So you can figure out how they're going to block you, but you also want to have a way to combine all that data. So play one isn't superpower tunnel with the tackle and tight end pulling superpower regular with the guard because it dilutes the data. And so now because you've taken one play with 18 possible combinations and shotgunned it off and it splinters off. Now the number three play is like dive. Well, it's not really the number three play. It's the number three play because you've taken the power, uh, the concept of power and you've split it up in 18 permutations. So of course it's going to, it's going to dilute the data. And so that's one thing I want to be able to, put things back together because it's always easier to split things apart than put it back together. Let, let me ask you this. And, and hopefully it's not you going against your own people now, because you've got an offensive podcast now as well. So if, if you're an offensive coach and, and you're trying to break down a defense's blitzes day one, you know, it's Saturday, you're breaking down what the other team blitz is. Have you thought about this? How would you tag that team's blitzes? I'm sorry, the connection, I'm losing connection on my end. I, I didn't quite hear that. Uh, I, I still like that I refer to him as dirty communists. On my, I was trolling my own accounts. It's pretty funny. People are like, what is wrong with you? Why are you trolling yourself? I'm like, I can't help it. Well, what I would do is I would use the defense's terminology if it made sense that you're coaching with. 
that would be the thing that I, are you just asking about strictly how would I label things? Yeah. How, how would you, cause like you said, there's so many different ways you can dilute something, right? Like if you get, you know, we call NCAA blitz. So three, four team, it's the, the Sam and the whoever outside linebacker are coming and nose and in the end are slanting away, right? That could be coming or they could bring the Sam linebacker, drop the outside linebacker and bring the safety instead. Right. You know, like you said, if you, if you call those two different blitzes, for, at least for me up front, if I call those two different blitzes, then it's, it shotguns those off. And now my percentages go down. But for me, it's the same thing, whether it's the, right. the you know, safety in the Sam or Sam, the outside linebacker or Sam in the corner, it's still two guys off the edge, nose and end slanting away. So have you thought about how you would just from, like you said, just really easily how you would start, um, you know, breaking those down on, on huddle. It's a great question. I think that you would look at the concepts. I mean, if I had to do this, the first thing I would do to be completely honest with you is I would try to look through some offensive playbooks from guys a lot smarter than me and see what they've come up with. But I think that if you're breaking down now, I would classify, I would have odd front pressures, even front pressures, and then bear pressures. And then anything else would be weird because, you know, at the end of the day, for example, I'm studying Vic Fangio. He has a thing called Penny Package, which is his bear. It's the stuff that everybody talks about, the Brandon Staley, play the bear and play quarters behind it. Well, they have a fire zone where they bring the Sam off the edge. So imagine it's it's five, three, zero, three, five, just like the bear. All they're doing is they're bringing the mic in the B gap and their long stick in the three or their short stick in the three to the A gap. And they're running the NCAA pressure. Well, that looks different than, you know, if it was odd and it was a five technique long stick and you're bringing the Sam or the nickel from distance, but it turns out to be the same thing. So I would put things in, you know, and this is just off the top of my head. This is actually a really good question. <laughs> I would, uh, I would have a way for like four downs to do single plugs. Then I would do, you know, four from a side. I mean, I would use the shocking. I know the TCU terminology because it's easy. A smoke is a safety, whether it's one or two bullets is either one or two linebackers and then dogs is four from a side. Well, I don't really know. I mean, what else do you got? You know, and I'm not talking about the coverage structure. You're just asking about the pressure path, right? Yeah, just talking pressure. Like, so we yeah. tried to break it down, find different ways. Like this, this year we got into using a numbering system. So if it was a four front and they brought one guy, we would put four plus one. And if it was a three front and they brought two, three plus two, uh, you know, and then we went in and we sorted all those and then tried to name each blitz. But I was just curious if, if you had thought about – I'm really, you know, by this question, I'm trying to find out what you think a big tell is, basically, on blitzes. Like, if I could ask you just straight up the question, it would be like, what do you think defenses – what do you think their big tell is on blitz that a lot of offensive guys aren't looking at or overlook? I think it depends on the structure of the defense. So if you're talking about a team that runs a four, two that gets into four, three looks is read the weak side inside linebacker. No matter how well we tried to disguise, if we wanted to bring both backers, that guy had to come in the box at some point. 
and it, it was hard for us. So what we started, what we were going to do this year, this past year, had I coached was, and then we just talking about this with, um, I think it was with Pete Kwiatkowski from Texas, who's going to be the next podcast uh, release. You know, there's these coverages that have been gone in the game for about 20, 30 years. And if you open up a Buddy Ryan playbook, you'll see some of them swipe thumbs where you're lining up in one high and you're rotating back to two high, which was something that, you know, teams did as a changeup because they always lined up in one high. But if you're Gus Bradley, if you're Pete Carroll, if you're one of these guys that are always in one high and all of a sudden you pop up in a two high look and the offense is going to know. So you have to go from one high to two high. I think body demeanor is one. If if you're just saying to, if you're saying structure, let's, let's start with structure. I think, you know, sometimes it's hard because people are very good about disguising. Like I, I was very anal about disguising where I know some people aren't, they were just like, whatever. Like I watched, I've watched teams that the corners were only pressed when they were blitzing. So it can be a, a, a combination of thing. I think, I think demeanor, I think eyes, uh, initial alignment. And I think a lot of it is patterns, especially in high school. Like not a lot of guys have more than a couple looks, you know, and all of a sudden your strong safety is relaxed, you know, or you're, I'm saying your strong safety, like your nickel is relaxed. And all of a sudden he lines up a little closer and he's like staring at the quarterback. There you go. So if you're talking about individual players, look at their eyes, look at their demeanor. Uh, are they getting twitchy? <laughs> you know, like, are they, are they cheated up a little bit? I think depth, I think depth of player can, can uh, give some stuff away, even if it's a yard or two. I know it's harder for like a quarterback to see depth of defensive players because he's right in front of them. So like one thing, and I talked about this not too long ago, but like one thing we did was telling kids back depth tells doesn't really help because it's hard for them to see like between a yard and two yards. Now, if it's three yards deep versus a yard in front, okay, fine. But so we, we talked about back width. We labeled backs like they were defensive linemen. So he's in a two technique. He's in a three technique, you know, so because that's easy to see. Anybody can see that if you're in the box. But um, so doing that with defensive linemen or, or, or linebackers, giving a way to see if there's a difference in the width. Um, but that's really, I mean, like I said, 4-2 structure, key the, key the weak inside linebacker who walks out. 3-4. Um, you can tell a lot about like if you're seeing the Nate Woody defense and I'm not giving any secrets away about Nate. I'm just saying guys that run this defense where they're in a three, two box and then they're, they have like two safety type bodies off the edge and they're blitzing them and, and rush them like the old three, four, see their initial alignments. You know, you can use cadence as a weapon, like always threatening to go fast to, for them to reveal themselves and those sort of things. But I think, General tells is uh, it's it's tough. I, th- I think it's a case by case basis. I don't know if that helped or made any sense, but hopefully it did. One thing I will say as I'm thinking about this, watch the safety's eyes, and it's just like quarterbacks. Like, you know, I had a buddy who played for the Jets, and I said, "What when Favre's there?" And I said, "You know, how was it like going against Brett Favre in practice?" He goes, "It was the easiest thing in the planet." I said, "What?" He didn't say the easiest thing on the planet. He said something like it was easy. I said, well, what are you talking about? He says, well, when it was a pass, he'd stare at me. 
He'd stare at the safeties. And if it was a run, he'd look, he'd just look at the sticks every play. So I knew it was a run and a pass every play. Uh, I do advise against using uh, tells on one player because we did that in a game. And I had heard the story before. Belichick did the same thing. He had a key on a lineman that used to play for the Patriots for run pass tell. And then he got hurt in pre pregame warmups. <laughs> and they over relied on that tell. Uh, I did the same thing. We had a thing where we were keying on a certain lineman and he's out the first series. And my kids are looking at me like, you lied to me, you son of a bitch. But, uh, you know, look at their eyes where the safety's eyes are when they're, when they, at right, especially when they get their call. Because if it's a man coverage, they're probably, if they're getting this call from the sideline and then they look at the offense, they're going to try and identify the, where the receiver is right now. You know, if it's zone, they may not look at the receiver. They may glance. I mean, I'm sure there's some tells there, how long they're looking at things. Stuff like that. Love it. Those are the fun games within a game, man. That's what, honestly why, you know, when I was a coordinator, I loved being in the box. But being on the sideline now, you know, signaling, being back into it, having that experience of, you know, stealing signals, watching defenders, meeting with defensive guys, those are some of the key things that I feel like I'm able to pick up now being on the sideline. But those little things that you talk about vast to me become huge, huge adjustments in the game. And not only that, it gives you so much credibility with your players because your players start to pick up on it too. And they're like, Oh man, that makes sense. Well, I mean, I'm probably going to get in some trouble. I'm trying because I know a lot of my friends listen to this podcast, so I don't want to get in trouble, but there was a team that, they used a, I'm going to be as vague as possible, to, but to convey my point, um, there was a team that used a very, very similar language system as a famous offensive coordinator slash head coach. And they patterned their calls very, very, very similarly. And not only did they pattern their calls very similarly, the quarterback would repeat the call at the line of scrimmage. Well, I taught my kid. I taught my kids the language structure from. I didn't know their language structure, but we. I said, "Listen, this, these offenses are patterned after this guy, and so I'm going to teach you some code words that they use. That's online, readily available. And if you notice a pattern, you notice a pattern. And sure as shit, there was a pattern. And so, coaches, I would my my advice to offensive coaches." Be smarter with how you label stuff. If you're going to steal something from a famous coach that's readily available online, if you got it from online, it's going to be out there online. Okay. And people will find it. Um, also, here's my gripe. Can I gripe about So there's a little, I gave a little tip on how to screw with defenses. Can I give a tip to offensive line coaches from every DC in America? Okay. I know that you don't want the defense to cheat plays, but when you make calls at the line of scrimmage that are very obvious and you never change your calls, it's really hard to untrain a kid sitting in front of them to not know what you're doing when you're screaming Zorro in his face. And it's been zone right for the last five months. Like, how do you tell it? Don't play the play, but here's the play. You know, I know you got to do what you got to do, but if you're making calls like that, like during scout team, I would go nuts because we would try to go fast. An offensive line would go, Zorro, Zorro. I'm like, they know that zone right. You're not helping anybody. Like, please come up with another system. 
please. And then, you know, coaches are mad because we got scout team heroes. Well, I mean, what do you expect? You know what I mean? If you if you if you're telling the defense on two on two and they jump the snap count on the second on two, you can't be mad at them. So that's my that's my uh, PSA for this podcast. So we did real quick at Sarah. We did everything. We had a large Samoan and Tongan population, so I think we did everything in Tongan. So nobody was figuring out those calls. <laughs> there was. There was one line, I think we had one white boy, and they're like, sorry, you're having to learn our terms. And he loved it because they could yell it out, and they would never, nobody ever knew what the hell we were doing. Hey, so you, you talked to Belichick, and, and I've just been listening to a bunch of, of you know books about him, and I think one of the big things they say about him, and I'm sure a bunch of good coaches, is how good of, you know, basically scouts they are on personnel that they're playing. Um, and so – just curious again, either on huddle or on paper, when you're going against an offense, how are you grading out their personnel? Do you have a system for doing that? Or are you just looking and saying, okay, 72 is the best, 53 is the worst, this is their best receiver? Or, or do you have a way you're actually grading out each kid? How does that work for you? I mean, you just when we're scouting them to play them? Yeah, yeah. It's Saturday. You got I their don't... film. You're trying to break down their personnel. Do you have a system? No. <laughs> uh, is he fast? What does he do? Most of it is what does he do? And 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 seeing what your eye. I just there's not enough there's not enough hours and not enough resources. The place I've been, you know, when I worked at Sarah, we had almost all of our staff were off campus guys, and they didn't have the time, so I had to really, I had to really be smart with what I asked them to do. And then um, in terms of when I was at Clovis, how do I say this? Those guys didn't really want to do it. So it wouldn't have mattered even if I wanted to anyway. Um, so, I mean, really, we're just, I'm just looking at like more general stuff. You know, who are they throwing to? Um, where are they looking at money downs? But I don't. And maybe that's one of the, I think one of the criticisms, my shortcomings would be that um, I don't do enough of that type of stuff. I look at the X's and O's more than the Jimmy's and Joe's, but I think in the high school level, it plays out where they're going to throw the ball, their best guy, you know what I mean? So I don't really need to. You know, coaches aren't stupid. They're going to give the ball to their best dude. And so I think I focus on the stuff where there's not statistics. Like the lineman, like who's the best lineman? Who are they going to run behind? You know, who's the weak uh, weak link in the pass protection? That's what I'm more interested in. And then everything else is kind of by feel. Like he likes to cut back a lot. He likes to, uh, you know, runners. Like is he a downhill guy? Does he want to bounce everything? Does he want to, does he? Does he have patience? Does he not have patience? Can he block? It's more traits and quantitative or qualitative research rather than quantitative. Like, let's assign a number to this guy. Let's give him a a number, whatever, like a a system. Because to me, I think a lot of that stuff is when you're rating player, and maybe I'm way off on this and tell me if you think I am like rating players is great. If you're trying to compare them to other teams, but I don't really care about how they stack up versus other teams. I just care about like relative to this team. 
what do we have to do? You know, who's that guy? So, um, I mean, I'll try and peek for combine numbers and stuff if I can, if it's there. But very rarely have I found that like the fastest kid does the fastest kid on the team is is the least thrown to guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I hate to be that reductive about it, but I don't know. That's been like Harp and I have talked about, but that's just like my, the simple system I've come up with was literally like uh, it's just a three point system. Like I give the kid a two if I feel like he's a solid high school player. You know, he's going to be pretty similar to the guys. A three is a guy you got to worry about. A one, probably a guy we can attack. I mean, and honestly, I've just tried to keep it that simple because, like you said, I mean, why am I splitting hairs? If he's pretty similar to us, yeah, hey, he's a good, good, solid player. But, oh, yeah, coach, he's a three. He's a dude we got to probably worry about whether it's uh, he's a great tackler or he gets the ball out, he's a great cover dude, whatever it might be. But mm-hmm. it's a language those kids can talk, and they're like, you know, oh, he's a two or a one. We can get him. We can get after him. He's a three. Let's just know where he's at. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's again that's that's great and I think that's more I think I don't know if this makes sense but I think that would be more of an offensive thing because you can choose where you run the ball. Like hey, that guy's really good. Let's go over there. I don't have that choice. <laughs> so it, to me it's like whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's I can't add extra people. <laughs> so I think that that but yeah, I could see on you know Hey, we don't have to run at this three technique. Let's run somewhere else. So I think there's a lot more of that because you're deciding the schemes you want to run where us, it's like, what do they do? Cause it, at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter what we do. It's what they do. Like we played a team St. Ignatius in 2013. They were the Boise style 12 personnel shift, flip the tight end shift around, which I love that offense. I hate seeing it, but I love it. And we stuffed them and they got into three backs and ran three backs for 42 plays and should have beaten us on the last play, but their player fell down. We didn't deserve to win the game. We had one three back call in because they'd only run three backs into the five yard line. And no matter what I could have done to prepare for that boy, it was almost like we, our, our success hurt us because they're like, we can't move the ball. Let's abandon ship. And then, you know, they just hunt and packed until they found something. So, yeah, I don't have that choice. But, yeah, I totally could see where that would be helpful for the thing. The thing about. OK, so this is my thing about being qualitative or, or quantitative where you're signing a number. I know this doesn't sound bad, but stick with me. It You lose the art to lie to the kids. In terms of you can't build the team up like they're the greatest thing ever. And I know it's harder to do now than when it was, you know, when you had tape and you could just because they, they know more about the kids than we do usually. Oh, they were at this camp and that camp. And I looked at this website, you know, back in the day, you could just choose not to show film or like lie and tell the kids how good they were to get them engaged for the week or whatever. If you put it in writing now, you can't, you can't, you can't lie to the kids. (laughs) Does that make me a bad human? Well, now it's honestly now, I mean, I let the kids do it. Because like oh, you said, smart. I mean, when it's Metro kids here now, I mean, they all play seven on seven. They all know the dudes anyway. Like I, I'll let them kind of rank some of these guys or wh- what they think it is and what they feel like they can go. That's actually a really great idea. Those kids, well, they know them better than I do. What, right. How, I can't go in there and bullshit. I'm like, hey, guys, this is a two. Bullshit, Coach Walls. This guy sucks. Right. We've seen this dude, whatever it means. So it's like. I can have an opinion. I can have an idea, but now it's like, I can get them to watch a little bit more film. How would you guys rank him? Where would you guys put him? That's really good. 
and now it's it makes it kind of you know fun and it gives them a little bit better i don't know motivation to maybe watch some of the film but i had to come up with some kind of system that it wouldn't be so hard hard for those guys to be able to like not understand right but i was trying to do it in a in a manner of i want to get my guys more involved and be able to watch film better like you watch film or like harper watches film they're gonna be like that level but getting them more interested in it and giving them a simple way to do it did you find the the did you find that the kids were generally honest completely honest because like i said they they know who all the guys are like literally you'd go in and they'd they'd know all the guys last names like okay walls williams is going to be the corner isn't he i remember him from baseball so and so does this we, he ran he runs track he's like an 11 five guy i mean the kids all know all those guys' numbers, at least like in the metro area. Now, when it's a team, you know, out in Sioux City or a team on the other side of the state, I would have to do some of the heavy lifting. But when it was local dudes and we're playing big time teams, our guys know who those guys are. So I let them like you guys know who it is. You guys figure it out. Right. That makes sense. That's, that's, that makes a ton of sense. Well, Vass, it's been awesome, man. We can't we can't roll for the four hours like you do, but uh, we can we can go we can that's go bullshit. an hour strong. <laughs> we we can go an hour strong. That's all we got. We appreciate it, dude. Thanks for coming on and talking ball with us. Um, excited to watch your YouTube channel. I saw you've got I think what like four or five videos up there from what I've seen. Yeah, a couple of them were just. No, uh, don't ask me that. No, I I don't. <laughs> I don't have one yet. A couple of them were just things I wanted to get out um, to just uh, put some stuff that's kind of been sitting around that was fun for guys to watch. But one of them was a thorough instructional video. But to be honest with you, I have to cut them short because like this next one's going to be over an hour. I, I can't do that every week. There's no way. I mean, people don't realize the time it takes to put these videos together. It's insane. And my dumbass, I didn't want to write because I don't. I'm not. I don't like to write. I just take too long doing it. I'm such a perfectionist that I can't just let it fly. And so I'm like, oh, I'll make videos, but then I forgot I have to write the script. So I'm writing anyway. <laughs> At least it's more conversational. But yeah, no, I'm excited about that. And then the offensive podcast. I just want to say one thing real quick. Like this, this profession, this group is really cool. I mean, you guys. You are a podcast that, you know, focuses on a lot of things, but you know, the title of your podcast is run the power. Your website is geared towards offensive coaches. The last time I was on it, I don't know many other professions or groups of people that would invite someone on to talk about their new product that is similar to the product that they have. Um, I think that's amazing. I think that that's fantastic. And there are some people in this profession that you and I both know who we're talking about that view like this zero sum game competition thing. Now I'm, I can get a little competitive, especially on the defensive side. You know, when I see these young bucks coming up, putting out stuff, I'm like, okay, I got to raise the bar, but I'm not like, we will put them out of business. Like we're some like financial firm, but the fact that you guys would invite me on, to talk about my new offensive podcast that is three words and also has kind of a play in the name, you know, um, it, it says a lot. It says a lot about you. It says a lot about this, this business and these group of people. 
and that that are in it that there's not this weird jealousy thing there's not this weird like well we Bass is doing an offensive podcast and we have a podcast with a lot of offensive stuff and we can't have I mean the the fact that you've had me on I'm gonna have you guys on like that doesn't happen in a lot of walks of life and so kudos to you guys for being so cool and advancing the game and bringing along the discourse of it and carrying the flag for kick-ass dudes you know you guys are laid back you know way more laid back than me i'm i'm on edge all the time no but um you know i just i just think it's really cool and i think that you guys are setting a great example of or a great example for content creators and how we can all coexist in a space without these weird jealous you know games that people play in other facts uh, facets of life and so I just want to thank you. You guys are setting a, a really good uh, example for everybody. Well, appreciate it, dude. But that's, you know, we've talked a bunch about podcasts and different things that we both want to do, um, you know, off air where, you know, people probably don't know about it. But it's easy to, to like people and get along with people that, you know, at least we feel are doing it for the right reasons. The whole reason we got in here is because and started doing it was because we loved football, you know, and, and it wasn't to dominate a space like you said or any it was purely we love football and we want to talk football and this was a way we could get you know really important you know in quotation important coaches uh willing to come on and talk to us for an hour and so we you know when we find other guys that have that humility about them as well uh that's all they're trying to do is help coaches across the country and find ways for them to learn about football we're all about it that's all we were in it for uh, however we can make football better, just like you, however we can make football better, we're all for it, man. So uh, I appreciate it, but um, it, it's easy for us. As long as guys love football and trying to help, you know, the community out, all about mm. it. I have a quick, quick question for, for you before you let me go. How many two-time guests have you had? Dude, what are we up to four, now? I think only, right? Yeah. Not very many. Dub's JT. been on twice. JT. Uh, Schiffman was on a couple times. Yeah. That's Bass. right, boys. That's right. That's right. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.